0: And our story this morning is about the light coming in a surprising and unexpected way. It comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 14. Hear this ancient story and let God's Spirit speak. Later, Jesus himself appeared again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. This is how it happened. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter told them, I'm going fishing. They said, we'll go with you. They set out in a boat, but throughout the night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore but the disciples didn't realize it was Jesus Jesus called to them children have you caught anything to eat they answered him no he said cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some so they did and there were so many fish that they couldn't haul in the net Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Simon Peter heard heard it was the Lord, he wrapped his coat around himself for he was naked and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, dragging the net full of fish for they weren't far from shore, only about 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. Simon Peter got up and pulled the net to shore. It was full of large fish, 153 of them. Yet the net had it torn, even with so many fish. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples could bring themselves to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Friends, that is the word of God for the people of God. Let us say together, thanks be to God. Will you please pray with me and for me? Holy Spirit, rushing wind, mothering spirit, you are here. Holy Spirit, speak so that we can hear. Holy Spirit, invite us more deeply into the story of following you. And Holy Spirit, may all that I say point us toward being more joyful participants in your story. Amen. Friday night was one of my favorite times growing up as a kid because that night after we finished our family dinner, I would soon be able to take my spot on the couch and watch TGIF on ABC. TGIF was a night filled with some of my favorite shows and I especially looked forward to Family Matters. Because that meant I was about to get to enjoy the antics of the one, the only, Steve Urkel. I remember laughing hysterically every time when Urkel would crumble to the ground and utter his famous line of I've fallen and I can't get up. There was the horrifically awkward yet truly endearing Urkel laying on the ground in desperate need of somebody who would be willing to help pry him off the ground. And while I don't think any of us have quite reached the desperate nature of Urkel in those situations, We can all relate to times when we feel like we have fallen and we cannot get up. We have all had times where we are lying flat on our face, pleading for assistance in front of our family and friends. That's where we found Peter last week. For a few years, months, Peter had become very confident, perhaps we could even more accurately say cocky, in his journey of following Jesus. And then, boom, (laughs) he was knocked down and he did not know what to do. Friends, wouldn't it be nice if we could all look at each other If I could tell you that this type of epic fail will never happen to any of us in our journey of following Jesus, but we all know better because we have all been in situations where our failure has left us paralyzed, feeling unable feeling like we are unable to move forward. Failure like that is just part of our human story and our human condition, even those of us who have decided to follow Jesus. It's especially true for those of us who do decide to follow Jesus that when we do fail, we feel like a complete and utter fraud because we suffer under the illusion that since we have decided to follow Jesus, that means we'll never make another mistake again. But friends, here is the beauty of Jesus that Peter discovered, and I hope that we can discover once again as well. Jesus is willing to follow us into our failure. Jesus is willing to follow us into our failure. Last week in our story with Peter, we read how Jesus, even after Peter denies him, Jesus catches Peter's eyes for just a second. And Peter sees this gaze that is filled with disappointment, but not shame. And just that glimpse, knowing that he has not been forgotten, allows Peter to move forward. For Peter, it was just a brief moment of realizing that Jesus has not given up on him. and Therefore, maybe he shouldn't give up on himself. And perhaps we ourselves need to realize that Jesus has not given up on us and that we should not give up on ourselves either. So, friends, yes, indeed, we realize that we can move past our failure. But then the question comes, what do we move toward? Once we move past our failure, what do we move toward? Well, in this story, Peter and some of his friends decide to go fishing. A former fisherman has gone fishing. gonna be honest, that is a little underwhelming. Not exactly the Hollywood script we would expect after Jesus had been resurrected from the dead. So let's talk about it. Peter and a few of his friends are hungry. Empty human stomachs still need to be filled whether Jesus is present or not. But this fishing trip It is just another epic fail. Even though they go out at a time of night where they thought the fish would be biting, their nets are left empty. Their stomachs have now reached the point of hunger pains, and these fishermen are just left hoping nobody will come and witness how these former fishermen have lost their magic touch. We know Peter is a bit of a prideful fella and he doesn't need a failed fishing trip on his resume. Alas, there's that voice from the shore calls out to them and he sees their empty nets, their failure is on full display. And the stranger tells them to toss their net to the other side. And they surprisingly push their pride to the side and give it a try. And wouldn't you know? They hit the jackpot. Suddenly 153 fish are now bursting at the seams of their net. And as soon as the disciples realize who gave them this expedition saving advice, Peter barely has time to put on his clothes before running into the arms of Jesus. It's been just a couple of days. Peter has gone from barely being able to stomach eye contact with Jesus to a full on reckless abandon sprinting as fast as he can sprint to get toward Jesus. Peter has been transformed. He wasn't doing anything special. Some fishermen who went fishing. And yet, Jesus took that act and brings Peter more deeper into their relationship of being God's beloved. So what does it mean for us to be transformed like Peter? What does it mean for us to experience what Peter experienced in these couple of days? Friends, I submit this to you this morning. A transformed follower of Jesus is somebody who recognizes Jesus at work in their everyday life and goes all in. Recognizing that Jesus is at work in the ordinary, everyday things. And we go all in with him. Now, last week, I mentioned that I was a planner. So, I struggle a little bit with impulsivity. And Peter is one impulsive dude. And Peter shows people like me that there's room for this impulsiveness in our spiritual life. And it can be a gift. Cause Peter doesn't wait. He doesn't need the path clearly lined out for him. He doesn't need the instructions beforehand. He just runs straight toward Jesus. And they just share a meal together. Friends, that is enough. When we feel like Peter, but we recognize that that has not kept God from seeking us. That is what transforms us. That's what causes Peter to run, barely clothed to Jesus. Peter wasn't just forgiven for his failure. He was empowered to be a new creation. He was a person who was even more desperately in love with Jesus, preparing himself to point others toward him. The one who got it so wrong is now the one who is transformed. The fact that Jesus works in this way, at least for me, it is perplexing. I find it a little absurd that the creator of the universe could work like this in just a couple of days in someone's life. And yet it is absolutely beautiful and strangely comforting because moments of extraordinary spiritual transformation do not often happen in extraordinary times. Miracles do not always happen during the mountaintop experiences. They happen when we go running toward Jesus amidst ordinary simple moments and I realized several years ago that I was dealing with an insecurity within myself that I was afraid to stand out I just wanted to blend in and just be that wallflower who nobody would really notice which might sound normal but for me it was really just a lack of confidence in who God had created me to be. So to try to combat that, I decided to buy some bright blue tennis shoes. I thought that'll help me stand out. That'll make me more confident. Well, it worked a little too well. Cause while I was out one day, I met somebody on the streets who said they love my shoes. And because theirs were pretty run down, they asked if we could switch. And I was hesitant. And they backed off because I had become too attached to my possessions. I had refused Jesus' command to give my neighbor my clothing because I had put my identity in the wrong thing. I had failed to follow Jesus and I learned because I don't remember the exact timeline, but I think it was just a week or two later, one of my other friends who, to put it mildly, had been mistreated by way too many people in her life and that left her with a lot of psychological and emotional scars. And one day she came to our church during a cold, rainy Kentucky day in her slippers. Due to her limitations, she hadn't realized how dangerously cold her feet would get. And she really needed socks. Fortunately, we didn't have any of those at our church. So I did the only thing I could think of and tried to give her mine. In that moment, I found spiritual transformation through a pair of wet socks. Nothing extraordinary about it, but it was transformative. And it happened because I had experienced failure. Friends, as Peter approached Jesus on the shore, he saw, he smelled a charcoal fire. It was something that Jesus had prepared for the meal he was going to have with them. And the word that is used to describe this fire That word is used only one other time in the entire New Testament. The night of Peter's denial, as he gathered around a similar charcoal fire trying to be hidden. The smells that just a few days ago were a symbol of failure are now redeemed with transformation and community. The image that once burned through Peter's soul has now lit an inferno of new life. The warmth from a flame that he once hoped would melt his guilt has now filled him with a fiery joy. And I can't say for sure, friends, but I have a feeling that Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. Because it is in the places where we feel like we have failed that Jesus can bring the most transformation. And they can be as utterly ordinary as fishing and socks. Because our God is not afraid of being present in the ordinary. These disciples didn't go to a big fancy religious service. They went to their fishing spot. We don't need all the bells and whistles we're used to for Jesus to still meet us. And friends, it is in this season where I believe Jesus is seeking to meet us in ordinary ways, to value a gift of simplicity. So I ask you to prayerfully consider where is your fishing spot? Where or what simple and ordinary act or place do you need to be found by Jesus? Friends, we are struggling with simplicity as a society right now. We're used to being able to buy our way into happiness, go off and just do something to make ourselves feel better. And maybe part of our testimony as people of faith in this season are finding contentment in the simple things recognizing that we don't need everything back to normal because we recognize that Jesus is present amidst our limitations, amidst our ordinary moments. Because it is in the ordinary moments of just a shared meal that God declares as holy here, that God calls miraculous. And praise God for sending us the Messiah who makes a simple dinner with friends and spiritual family holy. So this week, perhaps just as you sit outside, enter into a posture of silence and stillness, Jesus will meet you. As you are sitting at your computer at home working, Jesus will meet you. Sitting silently with your Bible at home, Jesus will meet you. Eating a simple family dinner at home, Jesus will meet you. And he can make an abundance of faith out of it. Thanks be to God that we get to follow that type of God. Amen.